if I can teach people how to have financial freedom through real estate and more importantly, passively, especially if they're, they don't want to build their own portfolio, um, just imagine the time freedom, the choice freedom, the impact freedom they have in their lives and what they can do with that and how much better like our society would be if more people could live at that higher frequency. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? Dr. Vikram Raya is a functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert, is here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life. Unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness, all while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Ryan. Today, we have the world-famous Whitney Elkins Hutton. She is the Director of Investor Education at PassiveInvesting.com. But beyond that, she is an avid real estate investor. She's partnered in multiple millions of dollars of real estate deals. She stumbled into real estate accidentally in 2002. And just to throw a curveball for you guys, she was an epidemiologist and was part of the CDC bioterrorism uh, team. So this is an amazing episode, guys. So buckle up, get ready to uh, up-level your passive investing skills and your life skills with Whitney. Whitney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Vikram. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into it here. Um, before you got into real estate, what were you doing? I, uh, yeah, my foray into real estate was, you know, very much by accident. But um, before then, I was actually a uh, facilitating, uh, or they call it a training and facilitator for CDC. I was working on the bioterrorism grant post 9-11 and teaching physicians and public health nurses how to identify biological, chemical, and radiological events specifically working in anthrax and smallpox. So <laughs> my day my day was uh, started off with FBI meetings and all the different types of like biological, radiological, chemical threats that were in my area, how we might respond to them. And then my job was to make sure that, that our teams throughout um, Wyoming, Colorado were prepared to respond. Wow. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming if you are still there, you would have been obviously all over this uh... The COVID situation, but uh, you had decided that the desk, you know, sometimes I say this too, my, your dreams are not your destiny, right? That was initially a, a goal and, and a vision for you. But as things unfold, you see other opportunities. So um, help me understand how you went beyond that and got into real estate. Yeah, I, I I realized, you know, fairly early on, I while I love my job, it was not, I wasn't gonna be able to retire with it, um, you know, at least comfortably the the lifestyle that I wanted and thought I deserved for myself. And so I was always, I was always trying to do side hustles and, you know, nutrition practice on the side. Uh, you know, I have multiple <laughs> initials after my last name, degrees after my last name. Um, but uh, long story short, uh, it wasn't until I bought a house with a significant other and actually the relationship fell apart. I ended up with this house and I, I honestly thought it was going to financially break me. Turns out quite the opposite. I um, stuff it full of roommates, complete the rehab on the property. 11 months later, I sell it and I pocket $52,000 from the sale of the house tax-free. And I um, realized it wasn't only until after I sold the house that I realized I'd been living essentially 
rent-free. All my housing was paid for. And I was like, wow, okay, how many more times can I do this? Like, this wasn't that hard. Um, I wouldn't say it was easy. I had to hustle for it. But I was like, I actually see this rewarding me over and over and over again. So did multiple projects on my own, met my husband now, and um, we did projects together. And then eventually we started holding on to those fix and flips, putting renters in them. And then, you know, kind of the trajectory takes off from there. We get into larger and larger deals. I get into private equity. And, you know, that's where we're at today is, you know, it's a 20 year overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and now, you know, you uh, have your own private portfolio and you work with PassiveInvestment.com. Can you explain how, how that works? Are you, are you, are you fully just in, in the deals of passive investing or do you feel like you still want to do your own things on the side? I, I very much have my own controlled real estate. I fully believe that, you know, um, that if you want to, you should have your own controlled real estate. Um, but, you know, for me, it's not so much having a portfolio of 36, you know, single family properties anymore, a 52 unit building and partnership. It's more about um, having the strategy behind why I hold the properties I do. Most of our individual controlled real estate are lifestyle type of assets. Mm -hmm. Places we love to go spend time and visit, but we rent out when we're not there. Um, but as far as like my role at PassiveInvesting.com, you know, uh, I actually started off um, with them as a partner, um, co-GP on several deals um, with another private equity group and um, stepped away from that partnership. Just COVID, you know, showed me, hey, I can have the life that I wanted 15 years from now today. Um, so definitely, you know, trials and tribulations through COVID as all of us did have that. But, um, anyways, uh, when I, you know, took a step back, I'm like, what do I love doing? I love educating people. Mm, um, that's, okay. the through line through all of my careers have been through education and, um, you know, trying to get people to live at their highest and best self. And if I can teach people how to have financial freedom through real estate and more importantly, passively, especially if they're, they don't want to build their own portfolio, um, just imagine the time freedom, the choice freedom, the impact freedom they have in their lives and what they can do with that and how much better like our society would be if more people could live at that higher frequency. Yeah. And I'm going back to that theme, that golden thread that seems to go through your life, you know, your, um, you know, you, you got this PhD in community health and nutrition. So obviously you wanted to educate and help people in the communities. Uh, you're helping doctors with, you know, the bioterrorism thing and you're educating. And now, you know, different field, same thought process. How do we educate now investors and, and help them, you know, achieve that, that success, that freedom, that optionality you're referring to? On your typical conversations, how have you seen the evolution of the typical investor now? I mean, you've been in this business for you know many, many years. Are you thinking investors are starting to get more savvy? I think as time goes on, investors, um, there are a pool of investors that are getting more and more savvy, but I still think there are plenty of investors that have no idea about real estate and what it is we do in private equity. And so there's still an immense gap. Um, there's also a lot of misinformation still out there. There's a lot of, um, uh, not every operator or everybody, um, you know, in, in capital raising is educating um, their marketing 
and not necessarily educating. And so, you know, education is where you are giving people tools and the truth and they can take that and they can use it anywhere, right? Whereas marketing is you're trying to make sure they understand you and how you operate and they may or may not be able to take that information and apply it into other asset classes, other industries, other operators, other markets. And so I I still think there's a, a gap here um, you know, where, you know, we can help the investor understand what true education is, what true marketing is, and how to decipher between the two and, and utilize both, right? They both have serve a purpose. Um, that's something that I love. Actually, I'm very passionate in teaching operators how to do, how to leverage true education as part of their marketing platform, not in place of, right? What but, would you say is the top three um, sort of gaps in knowledge or sort of Areas where we definitely, as as real estate, you know, syndicators, private equity, whatever you want to uh, use, where we need to help our investor uh, population or potential investors. What are those three gaps or three big chunks of um, knowledge that we need to uh, give to our investors? Yeah, I think you know, first and foremost, helping them understand that the real estate comes with risk. I think we do a lot to educate them on the power of real estate and how it can help them unlock financial freedom and wealth. But you know, as we've seen in the last 12 months, markets go up, markets go down, they go sideways. Um, so really just helping the investor reasonably understand the risk without it being clickbaity headline type stuff, right? You know, I always tell you know, investors I coach. Let's let's give you the skills and principles so you're not investing according to headlines, right? Um, number two, I think you know, you know, one thing that I'm really passionate about, and I think a lot of operators do really well at communicating the message that the investor needs to know how to vet an operator. Whitney, can you share with us what the best ways to do that are? Yeah, um, I, I want to perhaps even back that up. That one of the things I think that we um, as operators can help investors understand is why they should be vetting the operator. Um, because I think there's a ton of knowledge out there how to vet an operator. You know, you ask about their background and experience and track record, you know, the knowledge of the space, you know, and then you get into all the tangibles around, you know, and they need capital calls, suspended distributions and stuff like that. Um, we can all create a checklist, but, you know, it's really going back to starting with the why. Um, because if somebody has you know, kind of grown up in the traditional narrative, right? You know, you're reti- you should invest for your retirement, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. They have not learned how to essentially hire a COO for their business. They've completely been um, unempowering themselves and handing that money over to, you know, essentially Wall Street or you know, various fund managers. Um, the same skills actually should should apply, right? We should we should be hiring the right fund manager essentially for ourselves or a fiduciary. But um, it, it becomes even more glaringly important when you start stepping into private equity. You you're putting you need as the investor you're putting on your CEO cap. You own the vision and strategy. You own your goals, your risk, your timeline. Now you need to go find the COO, the operator that can help you meet those goals. And that's the why you need to, that's, that's where I think the gap where we need to help investors understand why it's so important that you learn these skills. I mean, how many times do you talk to an investor and they're like, oh, my buddy invests with you and they really love you. And so, you know, I want to invest with you too. And while you're flattered by the referral, um, 
for me, the alarm bell that goes off in my head is like, they don't, do they know anything about us as the group? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, where, where will this lead for them? You know, if that's how they're kind of, that's the litmus test for, you know, them getting into a deal. Yeah, no, I, I like that, that mentality that you just frameworked out there for an investor to be a CEO of their life, of their financial portfolio, and maybe some of that they're allocating to like a financial advisor and traditional things like securities. And then a portion of that they're putting into things such as, you know, <clears throat> like syndications and sponsorships. And, but they're vetting those operators of their funds, almost like they're like a family office and they're, all right, well, I trust Viking, I trust passive. Okay, we're going to give a certain allocation to those companies, for example. And I'm going to monitor them closely and I'm going to ask questions. And I'm going to be informed of what they invest in. So that is, I would say, like more of an educated, sophisticated, hands-on. It's actively passive in a way, right? You're passive in the sense that you're not actively managing, hey, you know, are we doing renovations of the property? But you're you're being active with your money, meaning you're you're at least looking at the reports, the monthly reports, the asset management reports, and you're just being aware of what's going on. And that is that's very powerful, I think, uh, to really grow your long-term wealth. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, um, it seems scary at first, but I think once you, um, as an investor, can step into that, that mentality, that extreme ownership, um, if you will, to borrow words from Jocko Willings, um, it's, it, it, it puts you in, a, you're in control of your own destiny, really. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Tell me how, uh, with this economic cycle going on and, and investors, you know, sort of coming to terms with, uh, sort of the ups and downs of market cycles, how, how, how are you addressing that with your, with your investor base? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was hoping, <laughs> um, that, uh, investors would, you know, still heed the, the warnings that we got all of last year. I mean, what did we get? 14 warnings by the Fed that inflation is high, but you know, they needed to cool the economy that you know, um, this particular market cycle and certain asset classes was coming to an end. And I think there's a, a lot of people are, they do understand that, but their goals, they still need to chase yield. And so, or that's what they're telling themselves. And so, you know, really one, one thing that I'm really trying to help the investors understand is um, the class B value add multifamily or class A that yielded, you know, um, 8%, 9% cash on cash in year one is challenged right now. What kind of risk do you have to take in order to get into an asset like that? Uh, so long story short, you know, really helping them continue to, to, to see that real estate is still a valuable asset class to be in. But we have to have we have to have a different lens in which we look through it, and perhaps actually look for other assets like um, cash flowing businesses. Like we've um, brought on express car washes as an alternative uh, to kind of fill out the fill the gap in that portfolio. Um, you know, fill in some of the needs in the portfolio until some of these other asset classes cycle again, which they will. They'll cycle again. It'll just take a few years. Yeah, I love I love that how there's multiple options and you're giving um <clears throat> based on their risk reward, their uh, yield requirements and, you know, other things that compose an investor sort of buy box, you have multiple options. And so that's really what uh it's amazing that 
there's a lot of diversity out there. So the key is just to get educated, like you're suggesting, about all these asset classes and then see which one makes sense for your personal portfolio. So with that said, um, what are your best uh, t- tips or strategies for people to get out of the ENS quadrants and into the BNI quadrants? And if you can give a little bit of the framework of what that means to the uh, to 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 a um, to a, a physician, perhaps to a, an investor or to a business owner, though those ter- what's that terminology mean, and what how do you actually get from the left side to the right side? Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's define the terms. Um, you know, E means employee. That's where you are working in somebody else's business. Uh, you know, but for stable in return for stable income, you know, hopefully <laughs> stable income. S is your self-employed, meaning you're taking your same skills and you're you're working for yourself, but you don't have any scalability underneath you. Maybe you have a uh, you know one or two team members, you know, certainly less than five. But you don't have you you can't step away from your business and it run without you for a year or longer. That probably lands you squarely in the self-employed category. Those two categories are the highest tax category. Surprisingly enough, the self-employed category is the highest tax um, income category in, in the United States. Now, those are your trading time for dollars. Okay, you might be very leveraged, you might be paid very well, but you're trading time for dollars. Um, on the B and I side, this is your how you earn your income if it's through a business. And you know, I'm talking a business where you have a team of employees underneath you, you spend very minimal time, maybe like giving direction just a couple hours a week, but the rest of the time, you in theory could step away from your business and it run itself. That's that's what being in the true B column means or B quadrant. I is you're the investor, meaning you are investing in somebody else's business. Um, you know, in the case with syndications, that's what investors, passive investors do. They invest in a, a, a business that holds real estate, holds multifamily, holds self-storage, holds express car washes. And really past your in a, in a time investment of vetting operator, the marketing deal, you're you're truly hands off. You're you're essentially passive income, you know. It, but you're reaping the rewards of that initial due diligence work. Now, so now that we define the quadrants, the time freedom really comes on the other side, the B and the I quadrants, right? That's where you get your time back, financial freedom, time freedom, freedom of choice, you know, more than likely freedom of location and freedom to create impact in the world. That's harder to get on the active side of the quadrants. So if you're a physician listening to this going, dang, I thought I went to school to make, get a high paying job in order to like, you know, for the lifestyle I want, you know, there's a couple avenues for you here. Um, could you scale a business and, you know, um, you know, bring on additional team and, and, and elevate yourself out of your business? That's one way to invest. And or could you learn to invest in other people's deals? Either way. The core thing here is to um, take your active income and as quickly as possible, invest it into businesses. Um, And my preference is is businesses that own real estate for various tax reasons in in order to buy your truly buy that financial freedom and get your time back. That's awesome. That is, I think that's the holy grail. That is the dream of really, you know, shifting how you get paid. And 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 also 
disconnecting like one in input equals one output, right? You become like, you know, one in input equals a thousand outputs at some point, you know, and you really become leveraged and, you know, using what well, they've talked about capital, labor, you know, media, and, and even, you know, artificial intelligence, things like that, you're able to really use that fulcrum and get that ultimate leverage. And so that's, that's awesome. As we move forward, what are your best tips uh, for investors in this um, 2023 and the next uh, sort of the market cycle? And and then after that, we can talk about how people can get a hold of you and your and your company. So I, I don't really do tips, tricks, and hacks because I really think it boils down to principles. You know, understanding your goals, your risk, your timeline. And that would be where I'd start. If you've got that box checked, fantastic. Let's now go find operators that help meet those goals, risk, and timeline for you that, that you can get invested with, you know, and, you know, it can be in business, it can be in real estate, that's totally fine. But, you know, if you are starting off building a portfolio, I would keep it to a core portfolio. Um, I know there's so many tactics out there, um, shiny objects you can get invest, you know, invest in, but a really core portfolio, keep it very simple. Real estate is simple. It, it's meant to, your core portfolio is meant to be really boring. It's once we have our freedom purchased back for us, um, that's when we can start really having fun or investing. Um, but right, let's go find the operators and the markets and the deals that will help you build that core portfolio and get you to that financial independence, financial freedom, right? Because those security, vitality, independence and freedom, those are all milestones along the journey. And, and I know investors sometimes um, get, um, they don't want to, or they get not lazy, but jaded, and they don't get started investing because they can't see the path to financial freedom. There's so many milestones along the way. And, you know, we all, you know, high achieving adults understand what you need is momentum. Once you hit that first milestone, it's, it's, you're, you're like, okay, game on. Let's go for the second milestone. So really, how can you get started? That's awesome. And um, where do you get your financial education from that you help deliver to so many investors out there? Oh my gosh. Uh, years of reading books, listening to podcasts, um, you know, being in the room with surrounding yourself with, with those five people or more that are smarter than you that you can learn from. Um, so I, I, I got mine from the school of hard knocks. Okay. Awesome. And where, where can people find out about pass investing and, and Whitney? You can find me at PassiveInvestingWithWhitney.com. That's a subpage on the Passive Investing website. And it's the only spot you can get my free ebook and checklist and get access to my calendar. Um, and yeah, I just invite everybody to you know check that out and reach out to me if you want to learn more and discuss all things passive real estate. That's awesome, guys. Those are all going to be in the show notes. And FYI, guys, she runs high altitude half marathons just for fun. So if you want tips on you know, running in extreme environments, she's, she's your person. So awesome. Thank you, Whitney, so much for sharing your, you know, your valuable insights, your life story of how you got started and, and how valuable education is and having that CEO mindset to sort of architect your true uh, wealth port portfolio so you can achieve your life goals. So, all right, guys, thank you again for catching us on this podcast. Until next time, be phenomenal. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. Until next time, be phenomenal.